0: Everyone, welcome to another edition of Healthcare's Missing Link, a podcast where we help you uncover and perhaps discover those things that are stealing your best health. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Sherwood. As always, and it's my pleasure this time around to get to talk about something that's really been on my heart lately. It is called the greatest fraud of all time. Along the lines of Healthcare's Missing Link. We're many times asked the question, well, "What is missing from my health? What are those things that I, um, that I'm not doing that I need to know? Or those things that I'm I, I need to know that I'm not knowing right now?" You get the idea. The point being is, what is missing that's taken away from my best health? Well, it's not something that somebody else can do for you. It's not something that someone else can use to sort of motivate you. It can't be a trainer. It can't be me. It can't be Dr. Michelle. It can't be a counselor. It cannot be a pastor. It's got to be something that comes from the inside. So therefore, this intrinsic motivation factor compared to the concept of an extrinsic motivation factor becomes much more valuable because the intrinsic uh, factors last much, much longer. In other words, when we start diving into really what is missing from our health care or our care of ourself or care of our own health, it's got to be something on the inside. It's got to be this thing that is in us that's either going to be in us that's causing us to flourish or in us that's causing us to be diminished in our function. Now, first of all, before we begin to dive into this thing, and I'm going to outline the greatest fraud of all time. So I want you to prepare right now to get your pens out, uh, your pencils, uh, recorders, or listen to this podcast over and over again until you get this, because it's that important. Because inside of us, first of all, before I get into this, we need to ensure ensure that we have this thing called peace. So peace, I'm talking about P-E. A C E. This thing called peace within. Now, peace within is another name for, let's call it fully functional or fully optimal. So, peace being in this context synonymous with fully optimal or fully functional. What is the opposite of peace in that context? It's the idea of dis ease or dis hyphen ease. Dis hyphen ease. I'm, I want you to get that, dis hyphen ease. So dis ease, the concept of dis ease or lack of ease or out of ease or out of sorts is the opposite of peace. So we have this peace versus dis ease, this dysfunctional versus this dysfunctional. So when we start trying to reconcile all of this, we have to understand, well, what drives us primarily from the concept of being functional being at peace being optimal to become out of out of sorts or diseased or dysfunctional it boils down to the greatest fraud of all time now in this case you might say well what does that mean? Well, first of all, let me define fraud. Fraud is when someone tries to steal your identity or does. It's actually a crime. They will take something of you to use it as your benefit and you get you get a loss out of it. In other words, someone might um, you know pretend to be you. And when they pretend to be you, they want to get the benefits of you, but it will cause you harm and cause you pain. So it actually steals your identity. So think of a fraud as a theft of identity. Now with that said, let me go one step farther. Now here's what you gotta know. This is the greatest fraud of all time. And this is the main thing that's likely missing from the context of being, walking, breathing, and living this idea of, ultim- of, of opt- optimal or ultimate health all the time. Fraud, or frauds I'd like to say, is an acronym. And it stands for this, fear, resentment, anger, Unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. Now let's take these apart one at a time. Just very briefly. Fear. We're living in a climate and, and an atmosphere right now that's constantly dripping and oozing fear. Listen to the social the social media, you listen to the news media, anything that you hear, conversation is basically on fear. You gotta watch out for this, you gotta watch out for that, you gotta be scared of this, you gotta be scared of that. What if this or you're gonna die? It's all about fear. Fear, fear, fear. Living in fear will take away your best health and put you in a place of dis-ease or dysfunction. The next one, resentment. How many of you have been mad at someone and just couldn't let it go? Or perhaps how many of you out there have seen someone else do good, become jealous, and actually hated them for it or resented them for it? In other words, maybe you wanted to do what they did or be what they are, or accomplish what they accomplished, but you just didn't want to work hard enough. Or maybe didn't get the lucky breaks, whatever the case may be, and you become resentful. Friend, you got to let that go because living in resentment will cause you to perpetually live in a state of dis-ease. And what about the next one, anger? Anger is clear. We know many times when you look about the concept of anger, there's many uh, scriptures, there's many good words that talk about don't let the sun go down while you're still angry, be slow to anger. So this concept of anger that perpetuates anger being a normal emotion must not be allowed to run away like a runaway train because anger, if it gets inside of you over and over again, that will uh, yield this concept of hatred. So anger will always yield hatred if not dealt with. So if you are angry at someone right now, we need to stop, let it go, forgive them. I didn't say you have to hang out with them. I didn't say it to be close to them. I just said, forgive them. Remember some people you got to love from a distance, man. That's just the way it is. But when you're angry, when it affects you, that's when it becomes deleterious or detrimental towards your health. You got to let the anger go. So the encouragement right now for you is to allow the anger to go, forgive them. I didn't say forget, You can work on that, but forgive them. Let them go. Separate the offense from the person or the sinner. Because if you live in perpetual anger, I promise you, you will live in a state of perpetual dis-ease. Now, what about the next one? Unforgiveness. I kind of talked about that a moment ago, but this concept of unforgiveness can become so deeply rooted. It's like a weed in the garden. You know, it goes deeper and deeper, and you think you can pull a little bit out. You think you can forgive a little bit, but not all of it. This partial forgiveness. But you pull it out, and then before you know it, these weeds come back. They come back stronger than ever. You pull them out, and then three weeks later, there's five times the amount of weeds. You pull those out, and come back three weeks later, there's 15 times the amount of weeds. Forgiveness has got to be full forgiveness. It can't be partial forgiveness. You can't say, well, I'll forgive you for that, but I'm never going to forgive you for this. Because when lo- one lives in a constant perpetual state of unforgiveness, you will be in this constant state of disease or dysfunction. Now, what about the next one? Disappointment. We're all going to have times in our life where we're disappointed. We're gonna have times where things didn't go quite our way, or they didn't go as we expected. Disappointment is real. I've had disappointments in my life many, many times, and I don't like them. You know, the bottom line is disappointment is part of life, unfortunately. And I wish there was a way around, it. I wish there was a, a time where I never, um, you know, failed a test or or, or failed to achieve something, but. Obviously, if you, you know, I'm giving you an example, if you apply for a job, you don't get it, you're going to be disappointed. Um, you want to achieve something and don't quite uh, get that, you're disappointed. You get in a contest of some sort and you get second place or third place, you didn't win, you might get disappointed. You didn't reach your achievement bonus with whatever you're trying to do, you might get disappointed. You didn't reach your goal with weight or body composition or biomarkers, you might get disappointed. But disappointed can be good in one respect because it can drive you on. Disappointed, if handled correctly, can drive you on to achieve higher heights and more uh, greater accomplishments. But when you're allowing disappointment to anchor you in one spot, now watch the transition here. Disappointment, in one respect, can be something you can learn from and you can go on and on and on. Disappointment is not permanent failure. It's just not you haven't realized success yet. But when you have disappointment that stops you from trying new things, that becomes the anchor, or that becomes the chain that holds you back. So disappointment, when you let it allow it, you allow it to be a chain that holds you down and a chain that holds you back, will absolutely be something that sticks you and holds you in a state of dysfunction and disease. The last one I'll talk about is shame. Now shame is something we don't like to talk about too much because we've all done things that are absolutely. Well, stupid, or absolutely wrong, or absolutely vile, or absolutely vulgar, or absolutely, let's use the word, sinful. We are capable of anything. I like to say that I am capable of anything and everything, both good and bad. That's something I'm not proud of, but that's something that is the part of humanness in all of us. So this concept of shame that we live in potentially can drag us down. We understand shame when we make a mistake, when we do something wrong. It was probably epitomized or described best when uh, Adam and Eve uh, took a bite of the apple at the request of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. I'm talking about the the ancient text called the Bible. So God went looking for them, and Adam and Eve went hiding, and, and God said, where are you? And Adam and Eve said, we were hiding from you because we were ashamed. That was the first time shame come into the world, actually, through Adam and Eve, if you believe that uh, idea of creationism like we do. But shame is something we all understand. It's when we do something wrong and we don't want to get lit up. We don't want to get uh, singled out. We don't want to get pointed out. But we live in this shame and it begins to hurt our lives. It begins to hurt people around us. And it becomes to one where it can affect us internally so deeply that we become so ashamed that we're afraid, get this, to make mistakes again so we never try anything again. We become so ashamed that people are going to point out our failures that we don't try anymore. So we're not just living in shame, we're living in a, a fear of, of really success and failure because we don't want to have anybody point out our mistakes anymore. That's what shame is. Shame means that we've done something wrong and friend wouldn't talk about this idea of, of, of unforgiveness, you know, that I talked about previously, perhaps that's unforgiveness you hold against self. So that means we got to let that go. So if you're out there right now and you're listening to this podcast and you realize that shame is something you've been living in perpetually it's time to let that go turn over a new chapter a new rock a new lease on life get up where you are dust your stuff off and keep on moving don't look back because if you're looking back perpetually it's like driving a car looking in the rearview mirror you won't drive too far before you probably most likely will hit someone else and cause them injury so don't live in shame. If you live in perpetual shame, I promise you, you'll begin to live and become very comfortable and used to a state of dysfunction and dis-ease, which leads me to this overall thing. Now, I've talked about frauds, the acronym one more time. It's fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment, and shame. Now, I've given you examples of what those all can be. Ultimately, that word frauds that we spell out with an acronym is meaning that there's many opportunities to steal one's identity. The greatest threat of theft of identity that we see every day, Dr. Michelle, and on the clinic at the Functional Medical Institute, is this. People begin to identify themselves instead of by their name, but by their disease, by their condition. They'll say, uh, instead of, my name is Mark, I'm a type 2 diabetic or I'm hypertensive, or I have cancer, or I have ADD, or I am depressed, or I am hypothyroid, or I am autoimmune. You get the point. I am so, so sick. They begin to identify themselves so perpetually that it becomes addicting. It becomes their own ID card, instead of holding up their driver's license, saying my name is John Doe or my name is Jane Doe or John Smith or James Smith, they're saying that I am, my name is a uh, disease processes. So, and therefore that disease or that identity is not you, but it's something that has taken a hold of you and taken your true identity away. Now be careful with this. If that's you out there, you know what I'm talking about? Because the more you do that, the more it can bring about, Attention and even sympathy and even empathy and maybe even prayer requests, which is fine. That not knocking any of those things. But if you find yourself living in those conditions like that and naming yourself like that all the time, I can tell you two things will happen. Number one, you probably won't get better because you've already identified yourself with a sickness. That's become your ID, that's become your your profession. Profession, get it out of your mouth. That's become who you are. And number two, you probably will will fail to understand that other people are giving you attention based on that, and you're probably going to get real uncomfortable not being able to get their attention that way. Now, hear what I just said. You might become very uncomfortable without being able to get their attention that way because it's worked so much, because people want to help. People want to be a part of you and your life getting better. They want to help you get resolved. They want to help you uh, get to the bottom of your illness and they want to see you well. But if that's who you are, if that's what you've been perpetually uh, identifying with, you're going to have to fight through some things with me. I'm telling you, fight through those things because I've seen this happen in family lines over and over again. Somebody is always talking about sickness per perpetually. Now, I realize people get sick, but that cannot become your absolute identification card in your life. It can't become the subject of every dinner party, every holiday, every family get-together, every family dinner, every vacation, how sick you are. Because if that becomes the conversation piece, you'll have no way to ever get out of the disease sort of spiral and sickness, because what you say, which leads me to this point, what you say will affect your environment both without, meaning outside the body and those around you, of course, and will also affect you within. It'll affect your internal chemistry. When you're living in this disease-oriented state or all these frauds that i am talked about earlier, they will begin to affect your own biochemistry, your chemistry, your physiology, and then we'll turn your physiology into pathology. You'll begin to get sick because you've been speaking sickness so long and so strong. And you've been living this way so much. It's become part of your life and it's become the very thing that's created the greatest fraud. The greatest thing that's missing in people's health is this, this constant walking, living in sickness. So what do we need to do? We need to speak, Live, breathe, eat, be, health. Speak, live, eat, breathe, be, health. Speak, eat, live, breathe, be, become, health. That should be all we do. We need to begin to walk in confidence, speak in confidence, talk in confidence. Now, I'm not talking about this this thing about trying to extend this idea of lifespan. That's not the point. You know, we're frankly, it depends on how you look at it, we're frankly either all dying or we're all living. I prefer to look at it like we're all living, but our physical body is actually decaying. So it's up to us to not speed up the rate of decay because we're actually cheating someone else out of our best. What a selfish way to live when we cheat someone else out of our best because we refuse to make changes. We refuse to look at these frauds. We refuse to stop the way we speak. We refuse to stop the way we behave. We just say, you know what? I'm going to die anyway. So I'm going to cross my arms and I'm going to live a certain way. And everybody else has got to love me like I am. What a self centered, selfish way to live because that's not the way it's supposed to be. You are a gift friend. Your unique purpose in this life is held just to you. You have a unique fingerprint, a unique retina shape, a unique you. Your genetics are unique. Your phenotype is unique so therefore there's a unique plan for your life that you're supposed to fulfill if you're out there and you say well i can't get this let me just give you a couple of motivations i've talked about these frauds the greatest thing that's missing really in people's health to unravel these things and the greatest thing that's contributing to actually people's disease processes i believe is right here because it does go into behaviors but Here's what I want you to catch. I want you to find your why. I want you to look at the person next to you. Look at the person close to you. Begin to say their name and say, you know what? I am going to give my best for myself for that person. That's going to become a powerful why. Some of you out there might have children. If you have children, look at those children and say, what is my life going to be if I don't give it my best? Am I going to cut short their time with me and my time with them? Some of you out there might have grandchildren. Am I going to cut my life so short that I can't let my grandchildren um, see me in a healthy state? Am I going to cut my life so short that I can't see them grow up and be married, perhaps have children? And finally, friend, am I going to live such a way in healthy where somebody's going to have to change my diaper and take care of me for 10 years? That is the most self-centered way to live. We need to get behind these things that are truly, truly contributing to these this disease, this lack of peace state in our life and begin to live life instead of die life. I'm not talking once again about extending the time with which we live, but I am talking about extending the the quality in which we live by. What am I talking about? I'm talking about extending something called the health span. By getting rid of the frauds, fear, resentment, anger, unforgiveness, disappointment and shame. Not allowing fraud to take over your life by walking and talking and becoming disease processes. And instead, turn it around and just live, be, breathe, become, speak this thing called life, the way we're supposed to live. And we will see our health span increase and we'll see those things around us begin to change. And the main thing that we'll see is change is our health on the inside will begin to improve. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and one thing that I ask you to do, as always at the end of these podcasts, is subscribe. Find out what's coming up next, who's coming up next, because we've got some great guests from all over the world on our podcast. I wanna thank you so much from the bottom of my heart for joining us on Healthcare's Missing Link. Remember, don't let those things that are stealing your health bog you down. We'll look forward to seeing you next time in next week's episode. Bye for now.